Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Curated by Acme Filmworks founder Ron Diamond, the Animation Show of Shows is a collection of animation films, beautiful collection of films that is now in its 20th year. It will be screening next Friday at the Glendale Lemley Theater. This year is another great year of animated films. The Animation Show of Shows will present 15 thought-provoking, poignant, and very funny animated shorts from around the world. In a year when the best and worst of human nature has been on constant display, the works in this year's show remind us of both the universality of shared ideals as well as the diverse challenges we face. And with that, I'd like to introduce to our audience the founder and director of the annual animation of Show of Shows, and that would be Ron Diamond. Ron, welcome back to Film School. I'm delighted to be back. Thank you so much for your interest. Oh, my pleasure. This is so much fun. Tell me a little bit about, in general terms, about the collection of animated films you have on display this year. Well, just generally, I think it's important for the audience to understand that it's often uh, and primarily new films, and therefore I'm restricted to what has come out in the last year or two. So... uh, what we have here are 15 shorts from seven different countries. Uh, the idea is to try to find the best of the best of the best. Um, I attend festivals, and I request a lot of films to look at. And I attend a number of college and university screenings to check out new works in hopes of finding uh, some stellar works. And this year, we've had a remarkable selection of films uh, come to me from around the globe, so I, I couldn't be any happier than getting the films that I have in the show. Well, Ron, let, let's back up. So, literally, you go to the different festivals, and then through your years in the business, now obviously people know you and know your work, you will just, will you talk to a filmmaker or distributor, and then say, I, I love your film, would you be interested in being part of what we do? How, how do you sort of approach that? Well, that's pretty much it. I mean, it. Okay. Uh, I have to consider, uh, I look at nearly a 1,000 films to figure out which 15 to show. Um, the first 950 are easy to get rid of um, uh, pretty quickly. Um, some I only watch a couple of minutes of because I, I've been able to discern that either for technical reasons or narrative reasons or a variety of reasons, it just doesn't fit within the context of what we're trying to achieve with the show in terms of showing levels of excellence and visual storytelling as well as uh, narrative or non-narrative. A lot of our films are experimental. Um, And and then it comes down to the last, you know, 30 or 40 and uh, having to figure out what rights can be acquired to be able to put the show together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Historically, people who've done what I have done have uh, had kind of a short-term perspective on what their show's consist of and subsequently the rights that had been acquired or short-term rights uh, we're really trying to focus on the long long tail theory here we're really trying to make the show um, uh, really get a give it a much greater release not just domestically but internationally mm-hmm. and so we're not chasing after though I mean it would certainly be nice if they were chasing after us um, you know 
getting it onto uh, one of the digital platforms. Uh, it's more important to get it into cinemas so that people can discover it on, on the big screen, the way that the films were intended to be seen. I do go to a lot of festivals, generally only two or three, sometimes four or more festivals a year. Uh, often uh, a, an army of volunteers who contribute their time will uh, participate in researching different festivals mm -hmm. uh, and seeing what new films are out there, what's getting written about. Uh, generally, the festivals do a pretty darn good job of selecting uh, films for their competitions. So we'll track maybe over 100 festivals gotcha. to glean you know, the 1,000-plus films that we find. And, uh, and and we'll request them, and they can be student films, TV films, short independent short films, uh, films in competition and out of competition. Uh, you can't really ignore anything because you just never know where great shorts are going to come from. You did mention colleges as well. Are there particular universities that have a well-developed sort of animation film school? Oh, there are so many. I mean, there are really uh, students coming out of... Uh, hundreds of colleges around the around the country and around the world uh, that uh, turn out amazing films. We have the Student, Student Academy Award winner for the international category, uh, the film Greenbird, mm -hmm. uh, which won the gold this year. And uh, that was made in France, and it's a student film, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's nothing short of fantastic. It's, right. it's brilliant, it's funny, it's charming. It's it's uh, extremely well-timed, beautifully designed, and exquisitely produced. I sat through, I think it was 194 films at the CalArts Open Screening back in May, I think it was. And um, they were shown back-to-back, -back, literally, virtually nonstop, with the exception of, I think, three breaks, um, very short breaks, so we watched a cumulative total of over seven hours oh. of animated shorts. Oh, don't worry, I was comfortable sitting on the kind of plastic chairs that they provided me, <laughs> you know, the best folding chairs you could hope to sit on. Uh, but year in and year out, I go to those shows. And yeah. this is the first year in all 20 years that, that I found new short films coming out of CalArts I wanted, and we actually ended up with two stunning films. You know, and likewise, we have a film out of um, out of uh, that was done in Spain and in Estonia mm -hmm. under the supervision of uh, notable filmmakers Prit and Olga Pjarn uh, at the Estonia uh, uh, Animation School there in Tallinn, mm -hmm. uh, done by a Spanish filmmaker. So well, you know, there, and there's other student films as well. Right. By the way, we're speaking with Ron Diamond. He is the director. Uh, and the founder of the annual Animation Show of Shows. The website for this is... AnimationShowofShows.com AnimationShowofShows.com So you can find out more about that. And check this out, because animated films are often among the most creative films, entertaining, thought-provoking films you'll see all year. I'm just curious, because you had mentioned you, you spent a lot of time sort of going through these different, watching these different films, determining... What, what's good and what's not good as far as your aesthetic is concerned. Is there something, if there are one or two characteristics you're looking for in an animated film that really kind of gets your attention and holds your attention? There's no formula okay. in terms of selecting films. They just they need to be good films. 
I mean, they have to be really beautiful films, yeah. really well done. They don't have to be narrative. They don't have to have a particular technical aesthetic. Uh, they don't need to tell a story. Uh, they just need to be compelling. And I have to watch it and feel something, uh, something very strong about the film. Yeah. And, you know, I've shown films that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I know that the audience will enjoy mm-hmm. and that I think are important for people to see. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that kind of is from our foundation. Our first 16 years of the show of shows were never shown to the general public. They were primarily shown just at animation studios and at universities. It was all private screenings. And uh, the purpose of what I was trying to do in picking the films, and I still make that a priority, and that is to pick films that I think are important for the audience to see. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I may choose a film that uh, doesn't necessarily explore a new technique. It might be something that's been done before, but, you know, probably hasn't been seen in a decade or two, and the new audience might not be aware of it mm-hmm. or might be exploring some kind of a narrative or non-narrative that uh, is important that uh, maybe it may harken back to something from 10 or 20 or 30 years ago. But again, it's kind of fallen out of awareness and it's an exemplary film and it feels great and it's a pleasure to watch and I'll, I'll mm-hmm. request to put it in the show. Yeah. You're, you're a, your criteria sounds very similar to mine and it, it's an echo of, uh, I believe it was Duke Ellington, who was asked, what is his favorite kind of music? And he said, he said, well, there's only two types of music. There's good music and there's bad music. And I like good music. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and that, that I, I, I share that perspective. I think that uh, great art can come in all different kinds of ways and shapes and forms and, and points of view. Thank you <laughs> for, for sharing your perspective with the world in terms of these animated films. Well, I have to say there was a film a number of years ago not so many years ago, but I don't want to get into specifics, where the studio that had funded it had kind of given up on it because it didn't get selected for two major festivals. And they just figured that it just wasn't worthy. And I I said, well, no, you're wrong. This, this film must be in my program. I can't bear the idea of it not being in my program. And uh, And they said, really? And I think that gave them renewed confidence in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film ended up getting an Academy Award nomination. Uh, but for me, that's not so important. It's a validation that a particular audience also thinks along the line of what I do. But sometimes festivals overlook films. So I tell people, don't, don't you know, edit yourself. Let me take a look at your film. I'll tell you if it's right for me or not. Yeah. Because there are some films that I found, there was a beautiful student film that was in a much earlier show called According to Birds, and it was done uh, in Netherlands, and I had never heard of the school before, and it was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. It was nature. It was so beautifully done about birds and nature, and moments when we are not seeing what's happening. Hmm. It's as if we had this objective eye, hmm. and, and birds were just being birds and not worrying about human presence. Mm-hmm. And it, it's all from the perspective of a beautifully talented artist. And I had not seen this film. I had, it, it got disqualified. I mean, it didn't even get selected for competition. I happened to go to a videotheque, a part of the festivals. They often will you know, have libraries of the films that you can look at. But 
student films will often come on these compilation reels, and I'll look at all the other films in the reel, and that's how I found this film yeah. and fell in love with it. So, you know, you just never know where you're going to find a great film. Yeah, you don't. And yeah. it's also subjective. You don't, but also one of the things that I've learned from doing this show and, and over the years, many, many years of watching films in general, is that you can be surprised still that there are, and that you have to be open to being surprised. And that's, I think that's why we go to movies is to be not only entertained, but also to be stimulated in a way that we feel, we feel something walking out of the theater. And I know you referred to that just a minute ago. You got to feel something. You don't always have to walk out, snapping your fingers and clicking your heels, but you have to feel like this was, uh, and an, uh, this wasn't something worth watching. It was worth worth spending my time with, and um, I think that's such an important part, especially with animated films. I think that one of the greatest compliments I get from many people who return every year to see the show is that they deliberately do not seek out information about what's in the show. Mm -hmm. They want to be in there blind. They're yeah. ready to be surprised by what is going to come. They, d they don't want to read it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to see trailers. They, they don't even really want to know what the film's about so that when it comes to them, it's totally fresh. And you're right. These are films that can have very, very sad moments in them, and there can be some absolutely, uh, uh, you know, really hysterical moments where you're just, you know, doubled over because the, mo the, the timing is so great. But we need both in the oh. context of this kind of program to right. make it a, a, a journey. Yeah. For, for our listeners, you can find out more about this show, about the uh, series at animationshowofshows.com. And it is, again, in its 20th year. Uh, as I said, it'll, it's at the Vista Theater this week and next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and at the new Glendale Lemley Theater starting on December 14th. Um, is there... Something about, are there trends in animation? Is there, are we seeing more computer-generated art? Are we seeing hand-drawn art? Are we seeing stop-action? I know that anywhere in the world that all these different things could be true and in many different ways they could all be true. But is there, are you seeing something about either the techniques or about the storylines that are, that are really seem to be more prominent than others? Let's break that into two parts. Part is technology, and uh, there's a massive amount of democratization in the process of animation, whether it's traditional 2D animation or the freedom that a film, that a software program uh, like Dragon Frame has brought to filmmakers who make stop-motion animation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's made by a filmmaker, uh, by an exquisite filmmaker, and uh, he understands all of the challenges people face in making stop-motion films and applied all of that in the writing of the code to make sure that it makes it more accessible and easier and intuitive for the filmmaker. You know, being able to f basically record anything on your, on your cell phone at high enough resolution for um, theatrical release is a liberating thing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that the other part, which is the story part, is necessarily going to be any easier. And we're still faced with, you know, it's kind of, I remember uh, Don Bluth's brother, uh, Fred, but he was known as Toby Bluth, 
who occupied offices at my studio for for a few years, a wonderful, wonderful man. He said, look, you know, you can take a dictionary and give it to a lot of different people, and they're going to come up with a different book. Everybody's going to come up with a different book. We all have to start with the same words, but yeah. it's about the context and how we're going to tell that story. And let me tell you, people keep making the same mistakes, even after seeing my program. I hope that they learn from seeing the program what, what great filmmaking is. It, does, it just shows how hard it is. Yeah. It's a real art form. And uh, in terms of, you know, subject material, uh, people would normally use the word content, but I prefer to use the word subject material uh, in the context of a uh, film. Yeah, I think we are seeing some uh, deeper subjects. And I think there's been a trend since post-UPA or just brought on by UPA in the 1950s uh, the idea that cartoons could go beyond cartoons, that they're, they're vehicles for storytelling that evoke deeper emotion and deal with different subjects on a different level than we're used to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're seeing uh, this year we don't actually have any films that specifically address any kind of gay or lesbian issues, but we have over the last few years several films. And I think that's important. But previously, we had never seen that. Right. And I think this is great. This year, I saw two films about transgender narratives, but I just didn't feel the quality was good enough. Mm-hmm. And as much as I would like to give focus on those subjects, if I put a lesser film in there just because of the subject, yeah. I won't be doing my audience a favor. More, more, films, really about, more films about the environment, and we've seen more films about you know, sort of a, are more political films? You know, I generally don't get into the... No, I'm just uh, kidding. Including yeah. a lot about politics, per se. I think that we see... Um, we have seen uh, jabs at uh, uh, dishonesty within um, uh, bureaucracies, which cover governments. Right. Uh, it, it's been a very popular theme, going back to the post-war propaganda films made in the Soviet blocs where they could get away with with incorporating uh, some very uh, even anti-socialist uh, 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 philosophies anti-communism, anti-communism within their films uh, because people are, were just kind of like shirking, you know, just, oh yeah well that's, that's a cartoon but they're getting kind of deep into the subjects and if you were to look at some of those films you'd see some pretty heavy-handed storytelling that really you know, reveals a lot of the problems in society. And I think that we're still seeing those kinds of subjects coming up in the films. Not every film. This year we definitely have a film uh, called Flower Found, which came out of the Netherlands. Uh, it was a graduation film. And it's, um, uh, it's a story about a mouse who um, discovers a flower um, in its backyard, so to speak, and uh, is very excited about beautiful flower, and it goes away for a minute to go get a, a pail of water to, to feed it, and when it comes back, the flower's been stolen. It's been dug up and taken somewhere. Hmm. And then the story that, that follows makes us wonder, well, maybe <laughs> maybe the mouse should have just left well enough alone, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because some of the behavior of the characters is deplorable. Okay. I mean, 
deplorably deplorable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a moment where the audience goes, oh, wait, no, that even though most people aren't vegetarian, though I am, uh, they, they would they would go, oh, well, this is uh, not appropriate. And even though it's an animal. <laughs> OK. All right. Well, I, I this is always uh, it's always a good watch. Uh, the festival this year, 15 films. Is that generally about how many films you you, you have in the festival? Is that about uh, the 17th had 11 films okay. and the 19th had 20. I'm sorry, 16 films. You know, around there, because I like to keep the program roughly about 90 to 95 minutes. This year's show is 98 minutes. Yeah. Um, I I want to fill it with an array, and um, I, I certainly could make it a lot longer, but I think the audiences would tire. Yeah. And I, I want to take them on a journey that they feel good at the end, yeah. uh, and I want them to feel good at the beginning, yeah. you know, and through the process. Yeah, I love animated films. I love what you do. I love the fact that you do bring this uh, wide variety of films and to uh, to Los Angeles you all around the country really you uh, you're in again we're in you're in Los Angeles for the next week and a half or so but you move on from here to Boulder Colorado and on to uh, Pennsylvania for a number of for a pretty long run there and uh, and then on to Washington State so you're uh, you're moving around the country with this. I think it's a and into Chicago. You're going to the Gene Siskel Film Center uh, in the middle of the month. Uh, so there's they're they're all around. Yeah, we're all playing in all those places. So they've invited us back. Oh, uh, yeah, this yeah. is our fourth year at the Gene Siskel, and we'll be in New York at the Quad Cinema on December 28th for at least a week. Yeah. Last year we played two weeks there. Yeah. Well, you know. well, it's always always a pleasure. I'm so glad that we were able to reconnect. I I missed you for the last year or so and I'm I'm so happy that you've uh, uh that we've reconnected uh, around this uh film festival this animated short film festival it's a it's a, a wonderful enterprise congratulations uh, to you for now 20 years and uh, it is a labor of love I know that this is not a this is you're not getting rich off of this you're doing this because you love what you do and you want to you want other people to enjoy this fantastic art form of animated film Ron Diamond, founder and director of this wonderful annual animation show of shows, uh, again, at the Vista, starting the 11th through the 13th, and then over to the uh, Glendale Lemley on, starting on December 14th. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. My pleasure, and if I can just say one last thing. Sure, of course. Uh, anyone who signs up on our mailing list will always have an opt-out option. But if they sign up, then they can indicate what city they live in or near, and that way we can notify them when we play in their city. So whether they're in uh, Los Angeles or Beirut or in Moscow or in uh, New York or Louisville, Kentucky, you know, we will notify them when we're playing near where they live so that they can seek out the show. And they won't be hearing all about every every single showing that we're doing unless it's relevant to where they live. Very so good, very good. it's a really good way. If you go to the website, animationshowshows.com, there's a sign-up button and fill out the information. That way we know how to reach them and encourage them to come. Well, excellent. And also, um, for those people who care about the arts uh, to the point where they're willing to throw some uh, throw some money into the pot, there's also a way to donate to... Uh, to this enterprise and uh that's there as well so animation we are a 501c3 
every nonprofit. Ron Diamond, please come back next time, uh, next year, or whenever that might be. Let me know, and we'll love to have you back on. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.